With the passings of Biba Caggiano and Lena Fat, Sacramento's restaurant scene changed forever. Restaurateurs Terry Harvago and Patrick Mulvaney joined me in partnership with the American Leadership Forum to talk about their legacy and the future of the area's restaurant scene. Next on Studio Sacramento. We had the passing of two legends yes. recently, Lena Fat and Biba Caggiano. Yes. When you look at those two individuals and their contributions to the food and gastronomy scene right. in Sacramento, right. what do you think was their impact and how do you think they'll be remembered? Uh, legendary to begin with. I mean, I remember in 1992 coming home from college and you know, I grew up in Sacramento and there were no iconic chefs that at least that, that I knew of. And I remember coming home and everyone was talking about this person named Biba. And it was just one name. Biba, and quickly you started to see, you know, the culinary scene in Sacramento really take off. And I think she's going to be remembered for her, her, her persona and her, her vast work in the kitchen and on, on television and with the books. And it, she's, she's going to be remembered uh, in very high regard. And as far as with Lena, you know, again, I got to work with her so closely in old Sacramento. Not as much on the, the, the cooking scene, but her love and her passion for old Sacramento was just any committee that was ever formed or uh, created, she, she did it, she was on it, and she has just loved Old Sacramento. And I think she did a great job of making sure that the business folks didn't forget about the history. And the history folks didn't forget about the business because we have to have a strong, vibrant business community to be able to support the history. And the history's gotta be there, otherwise we don't have a business district. And, I, and to me, that's what, she, that what I'm gonna remember her for is, is creating that bridge between the two. What about you, Patrick? I think that when I think about both of them, I think about great places to eat, just like the firehouse too, right? And, and the history or the, the um, ground on which the creation, the flourishing of Farm to Fork, what we see today, and the embracing, finally, of uh, Sacramento as a great place. It's what Terry yeah. said, right, with Lena. Think about Lena and how much she loved Sacramento. And think about, and I think about Biba too, right? Not always when she came here, she cried, right, because she wasn't sure where she was. Mm -hmm. She certainly wasn't in Bologna anymore. And as the years went on, they both came to appreciate and love what Sacramento is, not only for the community that we are, but also for the food and heritage. So it's a great, it's a great way to experience. Well, you know, both of their, their respective institutions, mm -hmm. and institutions like both of yours, mm -hmm. the B&L and the Firehouse, um, have been not just places where we've enjoyed ourselves, had major family events, celebrated successes and things like that. But it's kind of, a, you all represent kind of the platform of where Sacramento came to, or has come to, with regards to its evolution in food. Where are we today in terms of Sacramento being on the map as a food destination? Well, I think we're right where we always have been. We're right in the center of the map, right? But I think more, more people are beginning to acknowledge that we're in the center. So, like you said, years ago, people would, when I first moved here, and I told my first boss in New York that I was gonna <laughs> open a restaurant in Sacramento, he said, what's there, tomatoes? You crazy? Yeah. And I said, no, it's just like Rockaway Beach, but the ocean is more narrow and goes sideways. But the, but 
the truth is that we have the largest agricultural research restaurant. Everything grows here. That we live in the middle of the richest agricultural region in the world. So when I came in 1993, said, where else would you rather be as a cook? Because everything grows here. And not, not everybody mm -hmm. knows that. Share with us a little bit about that. And so not everybody knows that the 400 specialty crops, what the rest of the world calls vegetables, that grow here in Sacramento are here. And we get them picked tomorrow. So when you come to the restaurant, we know who sure. Ray Young is. We know sure. who Pete Dwelly is. We know who the Muller brothers are, who are growing the food that are coming to the table. And what happens is when cooks leave us and go to New Orleans or Chicago or New York, you know, go and check in. This has happened more than once. Six weeks or so, you check in and say, hey, how's, how's everything going out where, wherever city you're in? And they say, it's good, chef, but the produce is horrible here. <laughs> said, it's not horrible. It's the same. Go in and look, and you'll see those same names on the boxes in your walk-in. But our vegetables get picked for us tomorrow, and vegetables that get picked for New York have to be picked to be used two weeks from tomorrow. Hmm. And that, that advantage just means, just means that our food then becomes fresher. And I guess I would argue, like Lena and like Biba, who come from a, a place where food was what you shared with your family and what you gathered from the locale, fit perfectly into that. When I think about the firehouse, yeah. I think about one of my favorite places, along with the BNL, <laughs> to go and celebrate major occasions. Yeah. Sometimes when we just want to have a really great dinner. Right. There's, there's so much history there. Yes. Uh, you guys have been in business how long? So we purchased uh, the firehouse in 99, so just 20 years ago. And it was started in 1960 uh, by Newton Cope. In, in, in 1960. Yeah. But it, it's run continuously. Continuously since, since, since that time. Yeah. How do you, you know, we talk about farm, <clears throat> you know, things like farm to fork and, you know, being recognized mm -hmm. for the bounty that we have within this region. Yeah. How do you balance both history, because yeah. if you go up on the walls of your restaurant, you, yeah. you, it's like a history lesson, right. with staying relevant given sort of where the scene has evolved to. First and foremost, you gotta stay true to who you are. And trends come and go and th things evolve. And I think what we've tried to do is through our menu and through our, our service and through our marketing and messaging is stay relevant and current, but true to who we are. When you go in that dining room, you're gonna expect a certain experience and I can't I would be you know miss if I dramatically tried to change that within that setting so it's a balance but you got to work at it every day and I think keeping up with trends but not being trendy is kind of what we've been able to do keeping but, up with trends but not being trendy you know what I mean uh-huh and so I think that's what we've been able to do over the last 20 years okay nine years ago Patrick when we were both younger. <laughs> You're just as good looking as you were back then. I've changed a little bit. We were talking about farm to fork, and this was kind of like, maybe not at the moment of Genesis, but you know. Early so, days. Early yeah. days, right? How has the movement matched your expectations, and where is it different than how you thought it was gonna go? So where I think it's different is how much it's been embraced by the community as a whole. And where I'm excited for where it's been is that it's something that everybody recognizes and, and takes pride in now. That we're at a place where we are proud to be from Sacramento and proud to be together. You know, we were talking about when the, when the first uh, press conference came and all the chefs showed up, yeah. two politicians, the mayor was there, right? No one else came in. The next day there was a supervisor from another county 
sitting at dinner, and I said, Mr. Supervisor, what do you think about Farm to Fork? And he said, I think it's all you city folks trying to steal the thunder from us in Yolo County, where all the vegetables grow. And I said, if you're saying that politicians don't talk to each other, then, then that's true. I'm behind you 100%. But I will suggest to you, sir, that you are using that ineptitude as a shield behind which not to behave regionally. He got upset, threw his napkin down. Why you dirty? As what I can't say that on TV. And yeah. Ran oh out please. Of the restaurant. <laughs> our, our ratings <laughs> might, they might go up. <laughs> and don't you don't you think too? It's a validation of the way we've always done things here. Yep. We just didn't sell it, right? Yep. So forever we've done that. We've we've gotten the local produce and the, the local caviars and those things, but we didn't have a platform to sell it and set ourselves apart. And I think and we didn't acknowledge it. We yeah. didn't we didn't acknowledge it as a community. And so the next day when the supervisor called said, morning Mulvaney. Morning Mr. Supervisor, thinking how fast do I have to dance backwards? Yeah. He says, I'm pissed. I said, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> and he said, yesterday I was mad at you, and today I'm mad at myself. Because the truth is that our region is agriculture, and mm -hmm. our region thrives or sinks together. And as far as I can help moving yeah. forward, yeah. I'm going to do what I can to help Farm to Fork become part of our region. And for me, what's happened over the last nine years, that's my proudest part, yeah. right? That, that Lodi is involved, that Placerville is in, that Roseville, that the folks from YOLO now right. want to see us. And, and that we get to share the stories that we now are growing the first um, agave, the first Mez California, right? It'll be on. Really? Is, is growing here in California. Yeah. And that, that people now know that 80% of the sushi rice grown in America comes, comes here. And right. we're the caviar capital of America. Things yeah, that we didn't know. Now, I've heard that before. Tell us a little bit about the caviar. We're the caviar. We are. Cap we are. Uh, just down the road. And um, blanket on his name. Uh, help me out. Passmore. Yeah, Passmore Ranch. Yeah. And Sterling, Sterling Vineyard. So, so the high quality um, sturgeon caviar came from came from the sturgeon were harvested from from the river from Sacramento and American yep. River and takes 15 or 20 years when I first moved here a guy was starting the company out at Sterling and um, realized that it takes 10 years for a fish to come to to be able to make eggs so he sold a lot mm -hmm. of or tried to sell a lot of smoked sturgeon until mm -hmm. it came together but it was but it's because of the engine of UC Davis and the agricultural heritage that we have here and and I think in some ways the the tradition of California, right, of come here, and Sacramento, right, come here, put your boots on, put your sneakers on, and come join in the game. And what, what do you want to do? What, is, what does that mean for the restaurant and gastronomy business, though, having all of these things come together, especially over the last 10 years or so? I, I think one of the things you've seen is First of all, Sacramentans have gotten a little braver in their choices, right? For so long, it was give me a steak and put some potatoes on it and some green beans, and we're going to be we're, we're going to be done. And so I think Sacramentans have evolved, but with all the new restaurants opening, right? That's a, it's, it's a big issue. But what it's brought is a lot of creativity and different types of restaurants, different types of food, and using all these great resources that we have in ways that we just didn't do before. And I think it's really an exciting time on that front that we have people coming from. San Francisco and from New York and from other places to come be chefs here because of what we have and I think it's 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 exciting. Well, I I um, was in Europe last fall and it was interesting because people in um, the valleys, the agricultural valleys in Spain, they knew about Sacramento. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, they started talking about their own farm to fork yeah. movement. 
Um, they didn't. Tra they spoke English to me, so I don't know what that translates <laughs> to in Spanish. <laughs> but I was like, "Wow, ha has this movement moved that far?" And and my question to both of you is, can we claim part of that? I think we can claim much of it. So yeah. it's been, and it's been a while since this has happened. But a few years ago, I gave a speech, and and at the end, someone said, "I want to talk about farm to fork, and when are we going to be?" moving as fast and as far on farm to fork as other places in the country, like Raleigh-Durham. I said, well, wow. it's interesting you should say that, because the week before, a developer had come back in who was out doing a project in the Triangle. They didn't know where he was from. Sat down in a restaurant. He said, Mulvaney, it reminded me of yours. It was comfortable, local food and produce. And I said, this is a really nice restaurant. And they said to him, yeah, we're trying to do stuff like farm to fork like they're doing out in Sacramento, California. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's a good story, um, and uh, you know I think we just need to keep that that you know when we started the branding nine years ago and and we, we tried to get this message out and it took a while and it took a while and now it's just kind of mushrooming out and we 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 need to own it and we need to keep doing it. Is there a a, a set of characteristics that defines the Sacramento food scene today? Seasonal, local, yeah, right. So when you move to other places, things that, that we take as second nature, right? Spring, summer's over, no more tomatoes on the menu. Oh, this is only coming yeah. in because it's fresh, just as a matter of course. Because everything that comes into our back doors, most of it comes from within 50 miles or 100 miles. Yeah. It's not true in Minnesota, it's not true not to knock those guys. No. There's great food in Minnesota, there's great food in New York, Chicago, other places, but they don't have access to the farmers, right? They don't have access to the ranchers like we do. And so for us, it just becomes, what happens is more than a defining characteristic as a chef, it just becomes what's in your toolbox. And so you huh. end up using it. So for me, I guess it's unconscious in a, in a certain way, right? We're and, just doing it because and that's And don't who you we are. find the customers expect it, right? So if they see a tomato on the wrong time of year, they're gonna call you on it now, where, where nine years ago, no one knew that what season different things were in. And, what what I found, you know, uh, in the in the past is customers will actually call you on and go, this can't be fresh. And so, again, it's the education component that we need to continue to do, not only to the chefs but to to our customers and and, and the folks around the region. So it seems like that there's a couple components to this. The one is our geography, where we're located, and then we have the the boost of having this premier agricultural institution. What's for for the people that live here? What is it that we take for granted? Almost like living in New York and never going to visit right. the Statue of Liberty. What do we take for granted that we should all be participating in more? Well, I think the diversity of the restaurants that we have, right? I think a lot of us get locked in and we go to the same place every time because we know somebody and, and we're comfortable there. I think one of the things we need... Now, be careful here because <laughs> since I patronize both I, of your I restaurants know. on I, a regular I, basis... I want you to keep coming to our two places. <laughs> you don't have to go to his anymore. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, I want you to keep coming. But no, I do think that's one of the things Sacramentans sometimes get in, in, a, in a routine. And we have such great options that I think I would encourage folks to go out and try a new restaurant, try something new. Stockton Boulevard up yeah. and down. All the different breweries, right? When yeah. I moved here, there were three or four breweries in Sacramento, and now how many there are? Mm -hmm. Are there, right? Over 70. And so to think about it, and then the other underused thing, and it's not really underused, but the other thing that people could use more would be farmer's markets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because every, every week you get to go to Sunday, it's 130 vendors underneath the freeway, 52 weeks out of the year. And when people come from other parts of the country, they say, oh, you have yeah. a farmer's market? And then they get there and they say, 
no one's selling shirts or <laughs> bubbles or no no these are 130 farmers selling what they grow and there are 130 farmers in July and there are 130 farmers in February wow wow so let's talk a little bit about you you mentioned Stockton Boulevard um, have to take advantage of you both being here. I want to ask you a couple questions. Where is it that the chefs go to eat and the restaurateurs go to eat when they really want to do something exceptional? If, if you guys were going out tonight, what are, hmm. what are some of the choices that would be top of mind for you? We'll start with fine dining. Again, besides not our two restaurants, right? I have to go outside of that box. Yeah, yeah that's the only limitation. <laughs> Um, you know, I always enjoy Ella. I always think mm -hmm. it's a great experience. Um, service is great. The, the, the attitude is great. and It's, it's comfortable. Um, I used to like to go to press a lot. I think that was a neat spot there. Um, I love the decor. I love the food. And David English's dad was my soccer coach when I was in six years old. So, you know, you kind of got a connection there. You got you to gotta love going there. So kind of on that scale, those are two spots that I really enjoy going. What about you, going. Patrick? So the old standby, Waterboy, right? Yeah. Over 20 years ago, I remember sitting outside and seeing Rick Mahan come out with a cup of coffee, not having to cook in six months. I want to see my walk-in, but just comf and comfortable and welcoming, right? Yeah. Crew, mm -hmm. Billy, and, mm -hmm. and sushi, which is uh, good for my daughter because my wife doesn't really eat a lot of the nigiri, which is more food for Sarah. And, yeah. uh, and then I really like what Brad is doing over at Canon. Brad Checky's mm -hmm. doing a great job over there. Yeah, heard great things about That's a good that. spot. Okay, quick bites. Got to get in fast, got to leave fast. Bud's Buffet. Where's wow. that? 10th Street. Sandwiches, mm, right? Yeah. Horseradish and dip. Mm -hmm. And if it's something for a little different too, Bincho Yaki. Toki and uh, Craig over on 10th Street do a good job. Okay. Wow. Um, quick bite on the weekend. We kind of do a big thing on Saturdays. We like to go grab a bite with the family. We love going to the shack on Folsom, get a beer and a sandwich, mm -hmm. and kids get to chat with mom and dad for a little bit. Nice casual spot. We like that one. Okay. Under $20 a plate. Something that's pretty, not, not mm. where we've gone so far, but something that's, you know, kind of casual, but, you know, still reasonable price-wise. Now you're making me think. You go first. <laughs> the new dim sum place across from Target on Broadway. Wow. Good food. Really, okay. really neat, neat place. And uh, then if I'm out of, going out of town, then I'll go up to Roseville and uh, join Patricio and Cynthia at Nick's Taco. Good, clean Mexican food, yeah. cool, fun, homemade tortillas, good beer. Yeah. Other side of the track, uh, over there, track seven spot on, on Folsom, too. It's a neighborhood place. We love going in there for a quick bite and a beer, like you said. It's all good. Sounds good. So, uh, you know, we, we received, as a region, our first Michelin star restaurant, right? Yep. The Kitchen yeah. last year. Well and I think four others got some other mention. Mm -hmm. There's three big gourmands, right, which are Frats, Mother, and... Uh, and Canon, which is e exceptional quality. Yeah. And then uh, 10 of us got uh, Asiette Michelin recognition. They're ah. a very good restaurant. So, w wow, that's even more, uh, more acknowledgments than I was aware mm -hmm. of. What does that say for where we are in terms of our evolution? I think it's a credibility stamp. I mean, really. Um, just I just got on the Visit Sacramento board, and you know we're talking about attracting conventions, right? And we've always said that, we've always said, we've got great food. Well, now we've got somebody else officially saying, we have great food. And, and the great story there, right? So the, the, the best part for me, Michelin is great, and the recognition is fabulous. It's what we've always known about ourselves, but to mm -hmm. your point, it now says the rest of the world knows. 
but years ago, what I love most about it is that Mike at Visit Sacramento yeah. for years had been bugging Michelin, calling them like a little brother. Come see us, come see us. You're about food, you need to see us. And they kept saying, go away, little boy, go away, little boy. And three years ago, they called him back and said, we know, we've already been. You do have a scene. You are right. You need to be recognized. Can you help us bring in the rest of California? And so the, the new Michelin guide for region-wide guide for California is really driven from Sacramento. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's, it, it's, it's interesting because as you travel about the country, people talk about Sacramento now mm -hmm. as a food destination, but it raises a question, since you're talking about, you know, um, destination, what, what's, what's it called, Destination Sacramento? Yeah. The board? Visit Sacramento. Oh, Visit, Visit Sacramento. Is there food tourism here yet? Go Is ahead. I, I mean, I think so, but... So I think to your, I, to your point about popping off, when I go out and I see my <laughs> friends who are chefs around the country, people say, oh, you're from Sacramento. Boy, I hear about, yeah. I hear about yeah. your food scene. I hear about your food. I hear about the beer. I hear about what's going there. And now we're starting to bring in friends to come in and cook and mess around for the week, right, and play around. And then tourism... Yeah, we're, we're at this yeah. interesting place because it's a big piece for Slow Food International. Talks about the agritourism and go stay on a farm or a... And I was asked once by a gentleman who's Italian in Slow Food International, he said, is there any agritourism? I said, I have no idea. And I called two friends who are farms and said, could people come and stay with you? They said, yeah, absolutely, we have room for six. Okay. Is there any other places up there? Yeah, there's a dozen I can name. Mm -hmm. Within 10 minutes, I had 12 places where agritourism could come. So it's taking place, and then I think that if you, if you look at it as an advantage thing from a Visit Sacramento kind of point of view, it's like we're in those, those early years, right? You can be the one who was there when, when right? When it happened. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of that, who should we be watching? Who's up and coming uh, on the food scene in Sacramento? And will be you, you two five, ten years from now. <laughs> Well, from, from the from the chef side, I have to defer to Patrick because that that that's his wheelhouse. So, you take that one. Well, that's the hardest piece, right? Because we're always talking about right now. It's hard. It's hard when they start calling you the old man. Trust me, I know. Trust me, I know. And I say that to cooks all the time, right? Like you guys are on the basketball court, yeah. and then you move off and you become the coach, but you still think you can hit yeah. a three-pointer. And now I'm I'm not even on the bench anymore, right? I'm in I'm in the hallway <laughs> like Bloody Diva. It's looking down the <laughs> down the aisle, and so uh, so Brad Checky for sure. But Brad is getting old too now, yeah. right? And the best part about the best part about what comes next. So that's what I'm excited about is we don't know, yeah. right? And, and the way you find it out is by going out and eating and trying food and saying, hey, who is that? Yeah. That guy's good. Well, and I think, you know, we've had this explosion of restaurants, right? And some of them are going to make it and some of them aren't. But it's through that experimentation that people are going to find their legs. I think we had a, a, probably a shortage in talent for a while with all those restaurants. So I think there were a lot of places where somebody may have been good at one thing, but we weren't able to program them into the right spot so they can excel and become a great pastry chef or sous chef or whatever it is. So now that we've got all these people looking at Sacramento, I think we're going to attract more talent that we don't even know about. And I also think that some of these guys that came in and opened some of these spots are going to get a second chance and really excel and, and, and show us something that we didn't know about. Best um, cutting edge restaurant experience right now at this moment? I'm uh, trying to stump you guys. You, 
You are. Um, you know, I, I don't know that cutting edge is the right word, but uh, Camden's a great experience for me. Um, I enjoy going down there and, and just seeing the hubbub. That's the, that's the guy who was over at the uh, Grange at one yeah. time, right? Yeah, Oliver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I look, mm -hmm. what I look for is maybe not the whole experience, but I'm looking for going in and saying, ah, that was good, right? So not so, not so much cutting edge in terms of mm -hmm. something I've never seen before, but something that's cooked perfectly. Get done right. And who, who are the good, to me, who are the good cooks, right? So mm -hmm. we, the other day I made cacio e pepe, right, which is pasta, cheese, butter, and pepper, and that's it. I put it out, and someone said, that's amazing. There's only four ingredients. And I said, yes, and when I go out, and it's on a menu, then I order it to see how good those cooks are. And so, to Terry's point, what's changed in Sacramento is that there are a dozen places in town where I can have cacio pepe and know that it's good because there are good technicians. Mm -hmm. the, uh, we are in between Tahoe and the Pacific Ocean, and there's a lot of connectivity between Sacramento, a lot of times referenced in Napa Valley in the middle in San Francisco. Are we a mega region in some ways, gastronomically? Or, or are these separate areas? I think they're more separate areas. I think just it, it, the, the distance is, is a little too far for me to say that we're all one big region. Um, and I think we have enough going on here within our own region to be called that, our own region. And, and I'm a homer, so I'm going to say it's all Sacramento, <laughs> right? from Bakersfield to Redding and Tahoe to the ocean. And I think we'll leave it there. Thank you both. Thank Good you. luck, and uh, I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> all right. And that's our show. Thanks to our guests, and thanks to you for watching Studio Sacramento. I'm Scott Syfax. See you next time right here on KVIE. Thank you for listening to Studio Sacramento from KVIE Public Television. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes to help others find it. All episodes of Studio Sacramento, along with other KVIE programs, are available to watch online at kvie.org slash video.